So let's get into it because we, we are chatting to two people uh, and we only have 18 minutes. So ESCOM says uh, South Africans should brace themselves for escalating power cuts this week. Stage six blackouts equates to at least six hours without power per day, possibly in two hour cycles. The last time South Africans enjoyed stage six power cuts was two years ago. We now speak to Sepo Khadima, independent economic and energy analyst, and we'll also speak to a resident who claims to have never had low shedding because he lives mm-hmm. in an area where government ministers reside. Good afternoon to you, Sepo. Good afternoon, and good afternoon to the listeners of Radio 2000. I hope the lights are on wherever they are. Yeah, good luck to them. Um, so what reasons have ESCOM given as cause for load shedding this time around? Look, the reasons vary from time to time, mm. but I do not believe that is as a result of uh, they are not knowing what the real problems are. Mm. I of the view that the reasons for load shedding are more sinister and mischievous than what South Africans have been told. Yeah. Because when we, one looks at the installed capacity that ESCOM has from base load power uh, plants, there should have been no reason whatsoever for us to have load shedding taking into account that demand for electricity continues to be on the decline. Mm. So calls have been made for ESCOM CEO Andre Reuter to resign. Will the ESCOM issue be resolved by changing the CEO, in your opinion? Most certainly. I think uh, we are on record, some of us, uh, as far back as 2019, Mm. where we said that he was the wrong man to have been hired for that important position, Mm. taking into account his track record, not only at NAMPET, but also at SASOL, particularly in Louisiana, in the U.S., where SASOL lost a lot of money and had to impair that project and Mm. lose billions of uh, rents. But also NAMPEG itself, he took it from 55 billion rent market capitalization to under 5 billion. So his track record already was known when he went to ESCOM. And we are not surprised, but it's not just him who actually has to be uh, removed from Jurassic Park, like uh, Megawatt Park. When Jan Oberholzer, the board of ESCOM, the entirety, they have to go. And do you think there's a chance of this escalating beyond stage six low shedding, talking about total blackouts? Remember, the the, the Minister of uh, Public Enterprises, Travin Gordon, uh, was in a cavalier manner telling members of parliament and by extension South Africans that, uh, well, we could manage even with it with the stage eight. Mm. And I think he said those comments because with all due respect to the Honorable Minister, he's completely clueless about what uh, ESCOM is. He doesn't know the difference between a megawatt and a megawatt hour. He doesn't know the difference between current and voltage. So therefore, he was the wrong person. Stage eight, the weight catastrophe doesn't even start to explain what happens when you are in stage eight, which then triggers a total blackout. Mm. Because a total blackout will take at least three weeks to bring the system back into operation. But in the condition that uh, the thieves that we have seen over the years destroying and and, and uh, pillaging the infrastructure, the economic infrastructure, whether it's rail, 
uh, whether it's the overhead traction lines on the rail line and whether it's the distribution lines of electricity in various and pillaging them for copper. What we are going to see in a stage eight um, load shed, which is a total blackout, is that the security forces in this country, the police, the army, private security, have got no more than three days of resources able to keep, uh, uh, how can I say, to keep things in place. So therefore, if you have a, a blackout, total blackout of over three weeks, the question is what happens on day five, six, seven, eight. At that time, the sewer system doesn't work. Water does not work. You cannot pump fuel up. You cannot receive uh, vessels that bring in imported diesel that we so much need for transportation, mobility, and for the economy to continue functioning. The hospitals cannot work. There's no police that you can be able to phone. The towers, telecoms infrastructure, everything else is down. Hence, I'm saying the word catastrophe does not even start to explain. And any delay in removing Uomian Oberholzer, Andre Dereta, who is actually Katima Mulelo, and removing the board of ESCOM is actually unfortunately going to put us in a precipice of a total blackout. So, Sepo, in in a moment we'll be speaking to someone who claims to have never been affected by load shedding because they live next to government ministers. Are there any areas in SA that are exempt from load shedding? Well, the mines, for starters, are exempt from uh, load shedding, and the reason for that is very simple, because they are energy-intensive industries, but as you can imagine, when you've got uh, thousands of people underground at a particular point in time mining under the shaft, you cannot afford to have no electricity even for two minutes, Mm. because then people will die. Mm. So such industries are exempt from uh, load shedding, but that is only in the event of load shedding. When there is a total blackout, Mm. no one is exempt. Now, we've seen recently the cabinet uh, approving, without any shame whatsoever, that uh, they should um, acquire the uh, generators, diesel generators for their own uh, members of cabinet, that is the ministers, that ministers, wherever they live, they will not know about load shedding and therefore not have the inconvenience. And that sends not only a wrong message, it actually incentivizes wrongdoing because we are in these problems, particularly because we have got an inept government that continues to ram on our throats, to railroad policies that have failed. For example, to hold erroneous belief that there is such a thing called energy transition. Such term, it betrays the fact that these people are not just ignorant, incompetent, and that they are so downright, there's no better way to put it that it's corruption at the center. I tell you now, ESCOM is buying diesel uh, without any, any stop, and the profiteers, the companies that are supplying diesel, which are very few, they are smiling all the way to the bank. ESCOM is paying for electricity from the so-called uh, renewable energy suppliers, who right now claim or purport to have 6,000 megawatts of installed capacity, and yet 
not a single kilowatt hour of what they purport to produce ever gets delivered to any usable customer in this country. And um, they get paid at least 143 million rent every single day. Then you've got the coal mining companies that themselves are being paid because ESCOM has entered into what so-called take-or-pay contracts, and there is at least 20 million tons of coal, which ESCOM cannot take delivery for because they shut down over 15,000 megawatts of uh, capacity from their coal power plants, and yet they did not terminate the take-or-pay contracts onto that, and so they pay for coal that they can never use. And lastly, they continue to receive coal, which is not up to the specifications of how their uh, boilers are calibrated, therefore causing further damage to the plant and equipment of ESCOM power stations, in turn incentivizing the companies, the private companies that are uh, doing maintenance, so-called, because then there's no need for them to ensure reliability and availability of that plant and equipment they would have uh, serviced and maintained. And in the end, they are paid collectively over 21 billion rand a year. So wrong decisions that have been taken have resulted in wastage of well over 80 billion rand a year at ESCOM, which could be stopped today only if we had the right management and we had the right uh, uh, cabinet in, in place. But because we don't, hence we're now seeing this extortionist 32% tariff increase demand that ESCOM has just made, because that means that we will, in the last 12 years, electricity will have increased by 993%. And 993%, there is no economy on this planet that has ever survived, that has ever thrived, with a 993% tariff increase in electricity when the energy costs are that high. These are the problems that we are dealing with, and unfortunately, the people that are in position at the moment, not a single one of them will ever want to bring this misery to an end. But if anything, they are going to perpetuate an already dire situation, notwithstanding the consequences which are just too ghastly to contemplate. Thank you so much, uh, Tsepo. I'm afraid we have to leave it there. We're running out of time. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Great pleasure. Thank you. Independent economic and energy analyst there. Oof, just dire. Like, this is like dark. Like, you feel like singing Nkosi Sigeleli, South Africa. Um, uh, I believe we have got Angelo Zak on the line. Uh, Angelo claims to have never had load shedding because he lives next to government ministers and foreign embassy residences. Uh, Angelo, thanks you, thank you so much for your patience and thank you so much for staying on the line and for joining us this afternoon. It's a, it's a great pleasure. Thanks for having me. But I've got to be honest with you. After listening to your independent economist, I'm very depressed now. Oh. I was even more depressed now than yeah. I was before. Even worse, even worse. Yeah. Like, you just carried <laughs> on, and yeah, I I think I'm even thinking of relocating. So, Angelo, <laughs> how long have you lived in your current residence, and can you confirm that you've never been affected by load no. shedding? We, in, in, in the suburb, um, we, there's never been load shedding. There has been the odd power failure. Yeah. But never in the modern term, load shedding, never. Um, government ministers, foreign embassies are all dotted all over the suburb, and it's never been affected with load shedding. So how can you tell that the people you live amongst are government ministers? Oh, well, there's South African flags outside. There's usually, if it's a very, very, very important uh, minister, 
they have a police casper or they have police um, uh, protection outside. When they leave their house, there's uh, police cars that escort them or uh, VIP security. So there's the black convoys that take them around. It's not hard in Pretoria to see who is very, very important and who's not. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, I mean, you're, you're benefiting for the fact that, you know, you're in an area where there's a lot of um, high-profile people, but yeah. I'm sure it, deep down in your heart, you do feel sorry for colleagues, for I'm friends, not happy about and family it. I'm members. I'm not happy about it um, because, because these people do not, um, are not affected by the decisions that they collectively are making. Mm. They don't understand what's happening on the ground. No. If I may just say, uh, the tweet are, that... that prompted you to call me was the second of two tweets I made about load shedding. The first being that we're building a new restaurant in Pretoria. And if I have stage six load shedding, approximately eight hours a day, um, with nine liters of diesel per hour, 72 liters of diesel per day, 1,800 rand of diesel to run a generator so that my business can operate. That was my first tweet I made about this. So on the contrary, I'm, 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 de- I'm, I'm desperately unhappy that one of the reasons we're not getting a solution is because there's no consequences. Uh, the, the collective decisions that have been made over the last 12 years result in no consequences for anyone. And if I may, I disagree with, the, with your expert on one aspect, and that is that what is criminal to me is that we've known about this for over 10 years. Yeah. And nothing has happened. The freeing up of the grid to allow private producers to feed the grid, that deregulation, that it has not happened is criminal because there's a solution right there. If I had to put solar panels or the landlord had to put solar panels on the roof of this new restaurant we're building, he could feed surplus power into the grid. Had we done this six, seven years ago, we wouldn't be facing this challenge now. But the fact that government ministers and a minister in particular has refused to allow this deregulation is criminal. Yeah, it is really sad. I mean, yeah. what, what I really don't understand is that, I mean, if you, if you drive around these uh, so-called suburbs, there's yeah. so much development. Huge. Shopping yeah. malls, apartments, etc., yeah. etc. Et Surely, when you work for ESCOM, you know um, you are human. You drive around, you see these developments. Yeah. You should go back yeah. to the office and say, "Guys, are you aware how much this country is growing and the development?" If I, if I may, just say though, in my layman's opinion, and in that I don't have the expertise of your previous uh, expert, your yes. guest, you could put Mother Teresa's ghost in charge of ESCOM for the next three years, and it wouldn't make any difference without fundamental change to the way we operate our grid. This whole thing of blaming Dorata and you've got the RET network blaming, blaming him and, and, and Ramaphosa, let's be honest. This, this is, has been a long time coming. It's a result of absolute theft and corruption at the highest levels, vested interests, not wanting to progress at the highest levels, and criminal intransigence waiting for I don't know what to prosecute and free up our, our, our grid from the current government. What, what, so, I, what I can tell you, Angelo, is that South Africa, we, yeah. 
we we never take responsibility you know no. we're not proactive you know no. we only deal with problems when problems are happening and no. when it's no. very difficult to to no. solve them or deal with them yes would you agree with me that in any other any other modern country that if you were faced with this kind of um, almost societal collapse there would be demonstrations there would be people in the streets Absolutely. in every city in the country and yet we sit apathetically um, and, and we don't do anything about it, which gives people the mandate to carry on. Sad state of affairs, uh, Angelo. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Thank you for calling me. Cheers. Have a great Excellent. afternoon. There you go, Angelo Zek there. Uh, yeah, who says, yeah, he's never had load shedding. He's somewhere in Pretoria. Uh, obviously, ministers, ambassadors, rich people. Etc. Etc. You know, I, <laughs> and the, and the funny thing is, uh, my teammates, is that people who afford these things are the ones who are well taken care of. People who've got benefits. People who yeah. who are able to go and 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 and, and get an inverter. Yeah, an inverter, solar panels, yeah. generators, yes. diesel. Yeah. They don't need, so many that th these people that he's talking about, but are but not even guy... bothering to get these inverters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're saying? Yeah, it's not about an inverter or a generator issue. I'm saying it's not a generator or an inverter issue. They just don't get their lights switched off. Yeah, hence I'm saying they they won't even bother to get a generator because they know their lights mm -hmm. will never be switched yeah. off. And uh, what uh, Angelo actually said, he said that, look, they are not affected by the decisions that they make. For me, that's a powerful statement. Of course. You know? Mm. It's very, very Scary sad. Scary statement, actually. Very, very sad. Yeah, anyway, it's Radio 2000. It's a Monday afternoon. It's 4 p.m. It's time for the...